first tonight to the US and to regular LNL correspondent Bruce Shapiro. Bruce is contributing editor at The Nation magazine and executive director of the Dart Centre for Journalism and Trauma at Columbia University. What a pleasure to talk to you, Bruce. Kylie, it is wonderful to be here. (laughs) Listen, uh, for anyone who might have missed this story, uh, and there's been a bit going on in foreign news, so it's possible, can you tell us how planes and buses full of undocumented migrants have ended up in places like Martha's Vineyard and indeed outside the vice president's home this week? Well, this is a wild story. And I have to give one correction, though, actually. These are not undocumented migrants. These are asylum seekers, folks from Venezuela who walked all the way up Central America, found their way up to the southern border in Texas and are seeking asylum in the U.S. Um, And in a kind of cruel gesture of political theater, two different Uh, conservative Republican governors, Ron DeSantis of Florida and uh, Governor Abbott of Texas, Greg Abbott of Texas, have put these folks, some of these folks, on planes and buses with false promises of jobs and other kinds of support waiting for them and taken them to two kind of symbols of what to their base are the the liberal heart of America. Um, Vice President Kamala Harris's house in Washington, D.C., the U.S. Naval Observatory, the residence of the vice president, and even more dramatically and flamboyantly in the case of, of Governor DeSantis from Florida, transported uh, several dozen of these asylum seekers from Venezuela um, to the island of Martha's Vineyard a fabled beach island off the coast of Cape Cod. That's the summer residence of former President Obama, of many famous liberals. Should we say the liberal Uh, elite? Would that cover it? Liberal elite and in particular also a long history of actually African-American elite. It's uh, got a a long history, um, but also as a general popular um, summer vacation spot. If you've seen uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, there are several episodes uh, (laughs) set there where Larry David uh, takes himself there. But what's interesting here, I mean, besides being, as I said, a kind of cruel political theater designed to highlight the presumed hypocrisy of liberals. Oh, let's take all these people from the border where they're plaguing Texas and Florida and shove them in Lib Lab's faces. You know, this is a a stunt that I think is primarily designed for an audience of one, um, the former president down there in Mar-a-Lago, who is you know, thinking about running again, is thinking about vice presidents. This is the kind of thing he loves and a, a fragment of his base loves. Um, the, and but this, it, is, this is kind of Trump mini-me Ron DeSantis trying to show off his credentials, isn't it? It is. It is. But in doing so, he's gotten himself, it turns out, in a bit of trouble. Um, you know, it, for some reason for DeSantis, I guess there aren't enough asylum seekers actually in Florida, people from Haiti or Venezuela or whatever. He actually sent his recruiters for some reason to Texas, to San Antonio, um, and took people on a brief bus trip to Florida before putting them on a plane to Martha's Vineyard. And this, it turns out, is now being investigated by the sheriff in San Antonio, Texas, because it amounts to human trafficking. You know, folks were promised, were lured from one state to another 
with the false promise of jobs and shelter and under false pretenses were then put on planes to Martha's Vineyard up in Massachusetts where, parenthesis, they've actually been treated very well, have been welcomed into the community, housed on uh, a military base, um, all has gone well up there. But it's actually the classic strategy of the human trafficker to promise one thing, put people on a bus and deliver them for ends that are different from what are promised. So DeSantis is in a bit of trouble here, actually. Bruce, going through the legalities or the illegalities of this, it would seem too there's a bit of an upside for the unfortunate um, asylum seekers themselves in the sense because they now have effectively been trafficked, that gives them uh, different rights when it comes to the immigration system in the US. It does. A demonstrable claim of being a victim of human trafficking gives you special status under American law. There is a category of humanitarian visa, which is set aside for folks in that situation. So the the irony here is that Governor DeSantis trying to beat the anti-immigration drum has actually made perhaps made life better for this small group of migrants. But it is also whipping up a variety of historically very potent anti-immigrant sentiment, anti-Latino sentiment, of course, but it goes back even deeper than that. It's a, it's a recreation of a stunt in the 1960s that the um, Mississippi, uh, politicians in Mississippi did, sending a couple of busloads of of African Americans, of black folks, during the height of the desegregation campaigns to northern, presumptively liberal communities trying to show up hypocrisy. This is actually an old tactic in the playbook of American division and American racism. Can I ask, I mean, there's no policy in danger of appearing from this stunt, is there? It's not, this is not a, a serious attempt to engage anyone really in a, in a conversation or discussion about reforming America's immigration system. This is just, no. this is just a stunt. Well, on the one hand, it's it's a spectacularly successful in, in, in that kind of cynical way, attention-getting stunt, at least for five minutes. But it is also, it, it's not to advance a particular policy. It is to advance a southern states, a border states, keep them out politics, right? Stirring up, as former President Trump did with his talk of the wall, of which about a mile was ever actually built, right? The false belief that we can somehow wall off the southern border. And by the way, there's a double irony in this, of course, because so many of the migrants who Governor Abbott and and Governor DeSantis are manipulating here are Venezuelan. They are fleeing a left-wing dictatorship. They're doing to Venezuelans the kind of thing that if anyone did to Cubans would Hmm. be... Would you be drummed out of Florida politics and drummed out of American politics? So, you know, they seem not to be thinking further ahead than the next five minutes and whether the former tweeter in chief uh, down in Mar-a-Lago is going to say something nice about them. Um, I think it really comes down to that. Let's turn our attention now to Puerto Rico, if we can, Bruce, where there is another type of humanitarian crisis unfolding caused by Hurricane Fiona. Just how devastating has this been? 
Well, and in a way, oddly enough, the migrant crisis has an angle here too because Puerto Rico has been absorbing thousands of of Haitian refugees and migrants who come in boats that has put a strain on that island's uh, systems. Um, There are at least 1.3 million people as we speak um, out of power. Um, We don't yet know how many people are dead, but it is quite evident that there is massive flooding as a result of Hurricane Fiona that is um, causing from early reports even greater devastation than Hurricane Maria five years ago, which took months and months and months to recover from. Um, the the village of Utuade, a beautiful mountain town, um, a, a center of Taino, ancient Taino culture, um, had its only bridge connecting it to the rest of the island up in the mountains. They're knocked out in Maria. That bridge has been knocked out again, and Utuade is once again isolated. There are images of of wholesale mudslides. Um, you know, Puerto Rico is a desperately poor commonwealth whose infrastructure has um, corroded in, in just desperate ways over the course of the last decade. Hurricane Maria was five years ago. Mm. It's a bitter irony that the um, power grid was not prepared for this storm even five years later. Uh, Bruce, do we know what the Biden administration might offer, whether there's any indication yet of what it might do to assist Puerto Rico? Of course, we saw Donald Trump eventually go to Puerto Rico after Maria, and I think that, that was where the footage was captured of him throwing out Paper towels, paper towels, wasn't it? Paper so, towels. In a one, very, of, one of the more memorable in a, moments. In a, yeah. fit, in a fit of humanitarian generosity. Um, but what do we know about Biden's response to this? Of course, lots of people will be keen for him to show, you know, show a, take a different approach. Right. Well, he's already from from Britain, where he is for the Queen's funeral. He has already made a statement in support of the people of Puerto Rico. There's a window uh, that has to pass before you can have, out of the sort of acute phase, before you can have federal disaster aid, but he has promised a large-scale federal response. And I'm sure there will be, and I'm sure it will not be accompanied by, you know, the president flinging paper towels at the populace. Um, you know, Biden, remember that Biden's uh, key legislation before it was the Inflation Reduction Act was the Build Back Better bill. I think he understands that the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico is the sort of the bottom of the race to the bottom in American life and he is prepared to shore up that infrastructure. It may be that this crisis will kind of light a fire under the administration in that way, especially going into the midterms and into the presidential election two years from now. Bruce, thank you. I fear we're going to be talking about the impact of this on Puerto Rico for many weeks and months to come. Uh, but for now, that, that was Bruce Shapiro, a contributing editor at The Nation magazine and executive director of the DART Centre for Journalism and Trauma at Columbia University. Listen to more great stories that take you beyond the headlines. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.